0: now what's up man how's it going man seems <laughs> pretty it's going good
1: going. pretty good yeah pretty good um yeah today's today's sports uh takes were pretty hot and heavy uh out the gate this morning seemed like uh espn invited a, an nba player in to to share his thoughts on on nba basketball the playoffs etc and um you know it's a you know guy we know pretty well pat beverly uh obviously in the league for a while um you're kind of a ball hawk guy you know gets on the floor does all the little things you know is an agitator um he kind of took that on court mindset like straight to the set and like doubled down and went like full 100 on really anything and everything he he thinks about players in the nba or you know um especially uh cp3 chris paul so you know, came right at him after last night's, uh, you know, huge uh, blowout victory by the Mavs. Um, I'm sure you watched that game last night. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had any initial thoughts if you want to talk about the game, or if you just want to talk about, you know, the comments that kind of were made this morning. But uh, you know, I had a, I had a lot of different thoughts. This could go in so many different directions, which is totally fine. But uh, yeah, I've got a lot to say. I mean, I kind of want to hear what you say now. <laughs>
0: Jump yeah, it's Jump
1: it's it. it's frustrating. Like I I was um I was actually just like had it on um you know just periodically, and I would kind of glance in stuff, and I I you know was hearing him talking about Chris Paul and his performance and stuff, and like you know I think we know for those that watched, you know he had some really subpar performances. Um, you you could call them maybe you know some of them you know choke jobs, this or that. Um, and just you know, I think everybody's waiting for Chris Paul to win his first ring. Um, And it just feels like, you know, each time he gets kind of close to that, you know, coveted title, he kind of falls a little bit short, but uh, you know, he's still in the mix. I mean, he, he, you know, he, he's in the, you know, the Western conference semis at his age, you know, he he pretty much turned around that entire franchise when he walked through the doors. It's like, you know, I, I guess I, you know, to kind of break down some of the comments, I mean, Pat Beverly called him uh, the cone. I think, uh, you know, representing that, you know, when he plays defense uh, in, you know, basketball drills, it's, you know, if you're running around the cones, the cone stands still. You just kind of scurry around him and do figure eights and stuff like that while you're dribbling and stuff. But, um, you know, I think that was the first shot he had. I think he also mentioned something about just, you know, Phoenix needing to bench Chris in favor of uh, DeAndre Eitan and just kind of, you know, taking Chris off the floor completely um, you know, conversations went on throughout the day. And I think at, you know, other points, he basically said that, you know, he's not that good. He <laughs> basically, the league has kind of like played to, played into his hands his entire career. And he gets all these calls and, you know, what have you. And, uh, you know, in general, it was just kind of like, as the conversations continue to roll on throughout the day, it was like, he just kept taking Chris down like one peg after the other until he kind of completely depends him on TV. And it's just like, you know, kind of sit back and hear it all. It's just, you know, I'm not the biggest like Chris Paul fan. It's not like I'm, you know, you know, you know, owning his Jersey or, you know, having his posters or anything like that, you know, emulating Chris Paul in any sort of way. But yeah, I just think, uh, there's just a certain amount of respect. I feel like you should probably have to anybody on the set, like (laughs) in general, when you're critiquing, analyzing, whatever, but it kind of like uh defied reality in a lot of ways too. Just some of the comments were just so out of place that it's like couldn't really believe it. And then there's you know the third prong of just looking at, you know, you know the player that is Chris Paul versus the player that is Pat Beverly and just kind of saying like <laughs> you have no room to kind of open up this uh you know dialogue about him uh, you know, uh session after session throughout
0: the day. But um
1: did you have any initial reactions or thoughts that you had, you know, from today's commentary?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of see it on a, on a couple layers, right. That Pat Beverly uh, first, this is him and Chris Paul do not get along. So that's one thing for sure. <laughs> like we right. remember what what happened last uh, postseason. He shoved him in the back and everything. Like, yeah, that's still, that's, still a little, that's gotta be a little bit fresh. Right. So. Um, like that's that's a low blow, basically. So has no respect for uh CP three. Uh but then I listened to what JJ Redick said, like after uh CP three made those comments, I think about benching uh about benching CP three, uh Monty Williams, who's like, oh great coach and all that, but he got to bench CP three for DeAndre Aitzen, uh just in the way he was playing and how they were double teaming uh Devin Booker and I mean, Devin Booker just can't get out of a double team for some reason. I think he had what eight turnovers. I think last game and four turnovers this game, and just you know shot, uh, shot, shot like crap. So, um, so I think JJ Redick was like he actually has a point. That being said, like you know JJ Redick is interesting. His relationship with CB three is, is similar uh, to to Pat Beverly that he hated uh cp3 until he played with him and he was like this guy's the best guy ever because <laughs> you know i think he averaged like a career best like 17 18 points or whatever per game uh because of you know cp3 and all that but cp3 is such a finesse player and like i can understand why uh people hate him that like play with him uh kind of that joke of noah if you will um he just finds so many nooks and crannies and hacks like within the game like, you know, uh, that foul, those foul calls, like when somebody has their hand close to them and all that, and he he just knows to just rise up and get some free throws that way. Like, that's so annoying. So yeah. I think I understand where Pat Beverly's coming from. That being said, it's, it's one of those um, don't hate the player, hate the game type of thing, right? He just knows how, CP3 knows how to hack the game. So if you want to change the rules, well, I know, I think CP3 is like one of the top, uh, I think, is he like one of the heads of the NBAPA or whatever? So yeah, uh, yeah you got to talk to him about changing the rules a little bit, but like, you know, I think it's kind of more so on that. Don't hate the player, hit the game. Uh, but Pat Beverly does have some uh, cred to it, you know, especially with JJ Redick, what he he gave validity toward it. That being said, it's like, he's still like one of the all time great point guards. Like, let's not discredit that. And, you know, he's a game changer for whatever team he, um, he joins, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I could tell at certain points, like with some of the analysts there, like uh, Stephen A. Smith, uh, J.J. Redick, um, I want to say even um, Mike Greenberg uh, for Get Up. There was this, like, little sense of discomfort among all of them, too, just with how freely and how 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 much he was bashing on Chris Paul, like his game in general, and it's just like, I bet there were a lot of things that they would say to Pat (laughs) if he wasn't in the room or, you know, ways that they might critique his game or Pat made these comments in front of other reporters and they were dissecting the comments on the set. I'm sure they would have said something completely different than what they did while he's sitting there. And he's got this very like intimidating tone to him. And kind of like a, he was kind of making Stephen a like feed into his hand. And I don't think Stephen a was like being genuine with like agreeing Mm -hmm. with Pat in some ways, but I think it was like, he was such a newbie to joining a set and it was just like defying yeah. professionalism that comes with like, you know, analysis of sports within that kind of world where it was like, maybe we shouldn't invite this guy back, but maybe our ratings are going to explode where we like have to have him back again because he's just so radioactive. Yeah. But, um, he's a no, Donald just, Trump. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for, for, in this context, I mean, it was probably the most Trumpian thing I've seen, you know, on a sports set in, you know, a really long time. I and mean, it was almost like, you know, when Mark Cuban and Skip Bayless got into it, you know, it was just like so heated and pointed and uncomfortable. And it was just, you know, Cuban had been kind of stewing for so long, you know, over things that Skip said over the years about Dallas and the Mavericks and et cetera and stuff like that, where it's like, I'm sure Pat maybe has stuff that he thinks about when he hears these analysts, you know, break down or critique some of his friends or teammates or whatever else for himself. And now it's like finally his turn to like, give it right back.
0: Yeah. I mean, like that's what I think that's the authenticity of like why people are listening to players more so than reporters these days. You know, we see a lot of the podcasts that are are coming from the athletes and they're like, we're just going to go to them. You know, isn't that what the um, uh, the Players Tribune kind of is all about, right? Uh, Is getting players front and center and kind of taking the narrative away that from these sports writers who just like, you know, a lot of them just manipulate kind of just just try to create ruffles. (laughs) amongst players and, and, and push things along like that. And it's like, no, let's, uh, let's get Draymond Green. Let's, let's have Draymond Green have his own podcast. Let's, let's have JJ Redick have his own podcast, Pat McAfee, like they're, and they're killing it. So like, they're out doing a lot of these, uh, these medias. Um, and I think that's to the, to the point where ESPN's like, let's just bring JJ Redick in and uh, let's, let's have him commentate. So I think there's, there is that level of, of authenticity from Pat Beverly and you know he's from chicago he's a he's a he's a he's a a rough guy for sure you know he definitely has that that dog in him so it's like he's not gonna he's not gonna hold back on any of his punches so um you know especially against cp3 who's like his arch enemy basically um so i mean I, i i think i appreciate uh part of what that that level of authenticity from pat beverly um but I mean, yeah. I, I at the same time, yeah. Don't hit, don't hit the player. Hit the game. Uh, with regards to CP3, uh, he's still a you know top five point guard at least. Or whatever. Um, I think I, re- I remember watching that co- uh, clip. I forget. It. I think it was. Um, I forget who JJ Reddick was talking to. I think it was Ryan Rosello. Right. He was like, like I think Ryan Rosello was like trying to advocate. Is he better than Bob Kuzi? And then JJ Redick's like. Bob Cousy like never shot over forty percent and was play- playing against plumbers like in firemen like so and then here's CP3 balling out like so anyway yeah it's it is it is an interesting take but yeah uh, there's it, a lot there's a lot to dissect I think with CP3's game overall and I think this I don't know what to say exposes it but it definitely like puts it more uh, up front. so
1: yeah I mean to touch on Pat really being from Chicago. I mean, I have no sort of loyalty to him uh, for that matter. I mean, just (laughs) for the sake that we're from the same city, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I lost a lot of respect for him today. I mean, I've never been a big Pat Bev guy, especially when he pushed him in the back, you know, that was just cowardly. I mean, that's just a coward's move. And I mean, that was last year, um, you know, in the Western conference finals, which they lost, you know, uh, Pat Bev's team to Mm -hmm. CP3's team. So, it's kind of like I just went down the line and I, you know, I did a little digging. We're not supposed to do that on our freestyles or whatever, but I just literally go point for point with these two players. And it's just like Pat Bev's credibility was just completely crushed because it's, you know, look at their careers, Pat Beverly, three-time, all defensive, you know, team player. Paul's got nine time. He's also got six-time steals leader in the NBA. You know, Pat Beverly's points, assists, and rebounds are 8.8. 3.5 assists, 4.3 rebounds. Chris Paul's 18.1, 10.8 assists, 4.4 rebounds. So he's got him at every single mark. In this playoffs, Pat Beverly averaged 10.4 points. Chris Paul averaged 13.4 points, even though, you know, he was this complete liability, right? Pat Beverly's team lost in the first round. Chris Paul's lost in the second round. (laughs) Last year, they lost the Western Conference Finals to Chris Paul's team, which I mentioned And for career, Pat Beverly's teams are 27 and 38 in the playoffs and Chris Paul's are 72 and 70. So it's just like, at what angle, at what point does Pat Beverly have, you know, the right to say, you know, anything about Chris Paul, but it's also just like him backing up, you know, Paul George and kind of saying, Paul George is a better player than CP3. And then, you know, advocating for James Harden and on another, you know, topic. And it's just kind of like, what you kind of get is like, yeah, he's a loyal guy to maybe the guys, you know, he's friends with or plays with or something like that. But I mean, it's all of his arguments were kind of like flawed with inaccuracies. And it just kind of, I don't know, it, it, it just got me upset because it's like, this guy's no right. And it's just such a today kind of thing, like today's era kind of thing where, you know, you go on um, you know, you go on your own little forum and, you know, you can just kind of completely bash somebody and <laughs> it's kind of like take <laughs> shots to like take unnecessary cheap shots on somebody. And it's just kind of like, yeah. you know, you've got the safety of being in that, you know, in that, in that chair, in that space. And yeah, I just, I, I want to see what's going to happen the next time these two take the court. I mean, I feel like Chris is such a professional. He's such a good guy that he's just going to like pretend like it never happened. And it's probably like the best way to go about it, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. What, what do you think? Uh, any, any reaction to that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Like, I mean, if you look at the careers, like whose crew would you want to have? You want to have CP threes. And, uh, and like, I have always, I think I've always admire what CP three could, can do. Like he's, he's not some sort of physical specimen or anything like that. Like he's what six foot nothing, like 180, maybe pounds, um, like really fast and all that. But you know, like, uh, I think people, like, I, I do remember there was that top, that tale of him, uh, it's like on YouTube you could probably find it but like of him in high school where he scored what was it 50 some odd points or something like that it was like the um his grand, grand grandfather I believe passed away um and then he was like I'm going to score a point for each year he lived basically and I was like like that's incredible <laughs> uh and he was able to do that so and I'm like uh yeah like that's something that's like that's that's very admirable and all that so like he can definitely um, you know, especially in high school, when you're that, that kind of talent, you know, he he definitely just took it there. But it's like, yeah, there's something towards him. Like, he, there's like a, a a a that that mindset to uh, succeed for one. Uh, you know, he's a very educated, like you know, uh, person in general, and and you know, obviously he's, he's kind of like the president, basically of, uh, of of basketball or the NBA. Uh, mpa i think it is or you know he's he's definitely well respected i, I should say within the nba in general and uh, a leader within the, the nba circles so it's like he's definitely earned that i think that's that's the key thing uh and then you look at pat beverly who's just like <laughs> he is like the trump or whatever i guess you could say just like just there to like talk shit and uh create a ruckus basically and this is what you get uh you get high ratings and you get us talking about this so um, you know he oh, Yeah, like again, whose crew would you rather have? I don't think anybody's like, I'd rather have B- Pat Beverly's. Uh, and uh, but to some degree, to Pat Beverly's uh, credit, uh, you know, I think his teams have always made the playoffs, I believe, uh, at least for, like for consecutive years of, of some sort. So, um, you know, uh, he did bring the not uh, it wasn't just him individually, but he did help, uh, you know, the, the Timberwolves get to the playoffs, albeit, you know, they weren't some sort of uh, you know, uh, playoff contender per se, but um, they did make the playoffs. Uh, with a lot of you know, with their the backs kind of against the wall, I think entering the season. So, uh, so he does have some credit, but yeah, he's not CP3 at all at any level. So
1: yeah, and and I'm, and I'm not here to even bash on like Pat Beverly's game or something like that. I don't think my point was you know to kind of mm-hmm. go line by line and say Pat Beverly's not a good player. Like I definitely see the value that he brings to a team. Um, he's a hard-nosed guy. He's a good guy to have on your side. I mean, um, I think you know what I heard from Matt Barnes uh, today was 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 great. I mean, I love Matt Barnes. Obviously, he made our top ten lists and things yeah. like that for our favorite players. But he's just like in this scenario, you know, his his comments are really out of place. So he talked down about you know Beverly's comments, and he just said, "You got to know, like, hey, if I'm a role player in this game, like that's that's where I've established a career. That's where I've." you know um been able to make you know good money in this league and, and stay relevant like if you're on the role player level you just don't have much of a right to like knock down a superstar who's like perennially been one of the best at his position, stuff like that it's kind of like a a pretty yeah. smart comment but it was one where you know matt was kind of sticking up for you know um you know cp3 in that way but also kind of talking about how the other analysts like didn't really say anything to pet that you know on on the set today and uh I thought that was pretty cool of him. Like, that's the kind of guy that he is, though. So I'm not super surprised. He just seems like a guy who just takes, like, no BS. And, uh, you yeah. know, um, Dame Lillard also fired off a, a tweet kind of just saying, you know, that was that was pretty messed up. Like, <laughs> I support yeah. CB3. Like, Pat Bev's, like, way out of line for this stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. But um, yeah. anyways, yeah, no, that was basically the, the totality of my thoughts. I'm just, you know, uh, yeah. pretty shocked today, but, but entertained.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is it is definitely a, a room for discussion of like, you know, uh, like if, if Pat Beverly just walked in and said, like, you know, maybe gave it a more professional analyst take on it, like, you know, CP3 didn't show up or whatever, like, it, just go, go off of that. Like, you know, he was, uh, uh, Devin Booker was getting double teamed and CP3 didn't help. I think he attempted the last two games, like, under 20 shots or something like that, which, you know, if Devin Booker is getting double teamed, like, then they're going to look at CP3 to be taking some more shots. And he he, he never did, really. He, uh, he he was very much uh, a facilitator, more so of, um, when in, in this case, they really needed him to step up. And I think Jason Kidd, tremendous coaching job in general, uh, from the Mavs side of like, oh, CP3 not shooting. Well, you know, <laughs> we're going to let Cam Johnson beat us. Or we're going to let some of these other people try to beat us. Right. Uh, and it's like, you know, they didn't have another shot creator to help out, uh, facilitate. And, uh, JJ Redick actually brought up was like, Oh yeah, there was talks about, um, uh, about the Suns getting Eric Gordon. And, uh, I think James Jones, the, the GM was like, no, nah, I think we're good. We'll, we'll, keep the same team as we have right now. And, you know, it was pretty evident that they definitely needed that, that extra shot creator, uh, you know, campaign, like, you know, Hey, he's kind of had a respectable, I guess, backup point guard role and all that, but definitely, you know, not playoff uh, game changer type of, you know, player. So um, I think that was actually a, a good point of, yeah, I think maybe in the off season, they do try to look for another shot creator uh, off the bench kind of, you know, maybe that combo type guard, like a Jamal Crawford type of player um, that, that can play and uh, help create some shots on their own. Uh, I don't know if Lou Williams what's what's he up to or something like that, but something like that could definitely help out. I I think the uh the suns going forth and yeah, we'll see what happens. But I think uh I mean they just I think they just, they just got embarrassed and Pat Bev was like, okay, this is my time to attack uh kind of kind of uh you know uh in a more meta more meta more uh metaphorical sense, right? Of hitting him in the back, you know when he's you know pretty drowning. much yeah. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, the funny thing that I also heard was that Pep was like, you know, we wanted the Suns, We wanted the Suns. So
0: yeah. It's kind of thinking
1: to myself, like, why didn't you throw one of your play-in games? Just, just toss it. Just, <laughs> you know, get that eight seed, lock <laughs> it up. Like stop playing for, you know, the seven seed then, and like go straight at their heads. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like all the, you know, the chatter. I think Anthony Edwards chimed into like, you know, we wanted the Suns. They were, you know, they are weak and this and that. It's just like, it's just like so tasteless. Like to go out in the first round and just be like talking BS, like just smack it's talking. Like while you're sitting at home, it's just like, all right, come on.
0: It's really like, petty. Yeah. Let it's, it go. It, it is kind of petty for sure. I think that's that's I think that's something that everybody can agree, or they ought to really, really agree upon. It's like, all right, like, great, you're you're attacking uh, Chris Paul when he had a terrible game, uh, lost the series, and all that. Like, what, what good is that? You know, uh, give a, a critique, sure, but like, why are you talking crap about him? So yeah,
1: well, th- we can just call him Petty Bev.
0: Petty, oh, Petty Bev, <laughs> Pet Bev. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yes,
1: yeah, it was terrible, but um,
0: yeah, I don't know. I, about- I don't
1: have any other thoughts about this. Um, you know, obviously the Mavs played incredibly. You know, they're going to go on and um, you know, take on the Warriors. Um, do you have any thoughts about? Kind of the Western Conference Finals setting themselves up. And then you know, you want to touch on maybe the East a little bit?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll be an exciting game. Uh, I think uh coach Jason Kidd, he's he's coaching really well. Like there was there was like this tweet I saw of like him, like they were videotaping Jason Kidd essentially calling out the the rotate the the defense rotations. It was like uh uh I think he like called a double team on on uh Demon Booker and then it was like oh, uh, uh, you know, stay, stay where you're at, like, was really calling it out, basically, on what all the players were to go. Like, he was, like, telling Berton, like, no, you need to go there. <laughs> like, you know, Berton, he's not exactly, like, a Pat Bev, you know, like, not exactly this agile defender or whatever jumping from spot to spot. So it was, like, he was very – you could definitely see he's, he's on his game with regards to coaching. Uh, you know, he's had those stints. I think the, the knock on him has always been he never had experience and he got, like, a head coaching job uh now he's really taking it in to coached with the lakers i think he credits uh vogel for some of his success so just like being able to sit back watch like uh, somebody that's been through the you know uh through the fire with regards to coaching uh so you know it's it's great to see uh coach Kidd do that uh because you know he really is a great mind like he never really especially when he was at the mavs and slowed down a bunch he was never this you know, speedster uh, during those years, but you know, was very formidable, like really good defender. Be being able to facilitate an offense, uh, especially with Dirt Nowitzki there and all that. I mean, he's he knows how to run an offense and get that going. So it's really good to see uh, you know him kind of coming in there. Uh, granted, now you know, I think we both called the uh, the, the Golden State Warriors <laughs> to uh, to be competing. That's going to be quite a hurdle, but I mean if coach if coach kid can do that that uh, you know uh, bring to that same level of intensity to um you know to to this series it'll be interesting especially if luca keeps locking it in and everything and every you know spencer Dwinwitty like uh you know keeps shooting the way he's been shooting it'll be a fun series i think overall so but yeah what do you think
1: yeah i mean i i don't want to be disrespectful to the Mavs or anything like that it's not like um my take when we were doing the first rounds, the same take I I see now, um, you know, I think it gave a lot of his, uh, depth pieces a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, flack or just didn't give them their fair due. I didn't think that they would pull their own weight, um, kind of walking in maybe first, second time being in a playoff series, you know, around Luca, it's like, yeah, I mean they came out and they just absolutely stomped the Suns, and it's like they showed, you know, absolutely no, uh, you know, no signs of, you know, taking their foot off the gas, which is huge, especially in an elimination game. And It wasn't like they got up by 30 and then ultimately won by like, you know, 5 or 10. It was like the entire game just consistently, you know, put them away. So you got to, res- you know, respect that where, you know, where respect is due. Um, but, yeah, I just think that the Warriors, um, you just like the makeup of that team. They're just, they've got guys who've been there and done it, won championships, are still playing at extremely high level. And then they've just got all this depth. Um, You know, Steve Kerr has been in those moments before as a player, as a coach, uh, just like Jason Kidd, you know, not the same caliber of player, obviously, but it's like, I just don't think the Warriors are going to take them lightly. And, you know, I can see it going, I could see it going six games, um, you know, in the Warriors' favor. I mean, if they do it in five, that'd be kind of a shock at this point. I would have probably said that had you told me that was a first round series, I to have said, okay, warriors in five, but um, yeah, I'm going to give the Mavs a lot more respect now. I mean, Luca's showing that he's a bona fide superstar. I mean, if we already didn't know that just being able to will your team to those kinds of victories, when people are kind of looking at you as the reason why they get there versus like the Suns as a, as a totality. So uh, yeah, much respect to Luca and, you know, look forward to the next round.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I I think I called the I forget where I put the Mavs now, but I remember calling them. And it was like, "Oh yeah, they they seem legit." Uh I didn't think maybe they I don't think that they were going to go to the conference finals. I think they I had them losing to the Suns here, but you know, uh uh I mean, they just seem to be playing a lot better with that Porzingis. I think their defensive rotations are more sound. Uh, you know, with, Dwin, uh, with uh Spencer Dinwiddie, it's like, "Oh, we have another playmaker uh com- kind of coming off the bench." Jalen Brunson's really stepped up. I I think without Porzingis, everybody just kind of knows the role a little bit more uh, on the offensive side. And then on the, on the defensive side, they just have better rotations going on. So that's where, you know, I I think they made a good call evidently uh, kind of getting rid of Porzingis there, kind of a uh, addition by subtraction. So uh, it was a bold move because, you know, they gave, they gave some assets to get Porzingis and, you know, he definitely is, you know, seen as the unicorn and all. So, um but still like i think that was a that was a good move overall by the Mavs. so props to them and yeah now in the conference finals luca and yeah i think it'll be a fun series i think i think that's um, just my general take on it but you know i still think that the warriors will probably take it yeah maybe in six or something like that so yeah yeah it sounds sounds fair um how about the eastern conference yeah uh Man, those Celtics, huh? Did I call? I forgot where I put them now, but I think you, I. Had you did call enough. the Celtics. I will give you that. Yeah. <laughs> you knocked out my Nets in the first round, and I, I say my Nets
1: only in in what I put on paper, not in true fandom.
0: Yeah, well, I think I I think I had the the Bucks taking out the Heat. Uh, I think, or um, or I, I I had the I think the Bucks kind of moving uh, advancing more so, but. Uh, I didn't think that they were gonna lose Middleton, so I mean, hey, <laughs> had I known that, I was like, Middleton was always a closer, and I think that was that was pretty evident. Uh, you know, this this previous series that they had It was just um, Middleton. They needed him to come in there because uh, I think Giannis is just not—he's not good when he's necessarily forcing it per se, uh, and just having everybody collapsing around him. He really needs that other shot creator. Um, you know, Drew Howdy, hes he's a, hes a solid player, but he's not, he's definitely much more uh, of that third option. He's not that second option that uh, can kind of come in and just be like, okay, I got this. And that really is, was Middleton. So they, they definitely missed him uh, for this series. Uh, but you know, yeah, the Celtics, uh, man, people, people need to understand defensive rotations. I think that is the key thing. Uh, similar to the Mavs. I think they figured out that defense rotation the last quarter of the season. And we're able to just uh, shut, uh, shut their teams down and then, you know, find that offensive rhythm in general. And, you know, players just knowing the wrong Al Horford, like he's all of a sudden has the fountain of youth and he's balling. Uh, so, you know, it always seems, I, I think somebody was saying like, how, why is it that Al Horford's only going when he's with the Celtics, he's never just good. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, he was pretty good, I think with the, the Hawks uh, during that time and all, but um. Yeah, like he's really, uh, he was really the the greatest fit, I think, with regards to join, joining back with the Celtics. Uh, they also got, you know, down Face and uh, Grant Williams, too, like, uh, what he tucked up like 18 threes or something like that. Like,
1: you yeah, they were like, leaving him
0: open. Yeah, they were they were all good looks. And he was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I practice these things, so I might as well try it out. And yeah, was their leading sh- uh, shooter, uh, shot the most shots for the Celtics. So, um, you know, I think it's amazing to see. Uh, I think it'll be uh, a really solid series. But I mean, you know, the Heat team; those guys, they they really know how to bring it. They got the they got all the veterans in the world, and they also got. Uh, you know, I think we talked about this the last episode. Um, they play great team basketball, uh, both on, on the offensive and defensive side. In that, they just know their roles. They know what to do. They don't only really, they don't only really force things that are outside of you know, their, their strengths. So, um, you know, it's, I might, uh, it, it'll it be hard for me to kind of go away from the Celtics, but I, I don't want to make any changes, but I might actually go with the Celtics uh, for this series. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just based on what I've seen. So, yeah. Fair what do you enough.
1: Think? I mean, yeah, yeah they, I mean, they absolutely obliterated the nets and then, you know, to win a couple big games on the road in the second series, you know, with the box, like, Obviously having Middleton out is huge. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly the equivalent of like Jalen Brown being out or something. I don't think Middleton's, you know, that caliber of player, but in the same sense, he, you know, he's a two three um on a championship team. I mean, he's he's right there. So, um, you know, I give the Bucks a lot of credit for fighting, um, you know, until the end. I mean, they got stomped in the last game, but you know, in general, I just felt like they put together um, you know. A good series with the Celtics. You know they won some games on their court too, so it wasn't like uh, you know they were just holding serve or what have you. But um, yeah, Celtics are really taking a step as a team. You know, it's kind of always waiting to see what you know guys like Tatum and Brown could do at another level because you know you're always seeing it and you're like, man, on paper this is what you would want to start a franchise with. You'd want two you know six foot eight forward you know guard types that can defend, can shoot, can take it to the hoop. You know, our team players. And now it's finally all coming you know, together and they've got some great role players around them. Like you mentioned, um, you know, Marcus Smart is still in there. It's like, it is a nice team on paper. I just feel like they're at their junior year of where they need to be to, to be in the finals. I feel like Miami, they're seniors. Like I, just, I look at that team and I'm like, you know, name, name a spot on the court. That they can't, um, you know, produce an all-star, you know, caliber player. And they've got the depth pieces, their benches, you know, pretty deep. I mean, you're taking like Depot's playing, you know, backup minutes. You got Tyler Hero is, you know, a six-man type, mm-hmm. but it's like he plays like a number one or number two. He's um, got Jimmy Bam, Kyle. It's like, I don't know. There's just too much to like there. Spo has all the experience in the world. Uh, Miami's a great, you know, run organization like we've talked about and They've got home court advantage. I just feel like I'm feeling like a slight edge to Miami um at this point. Yeah. And it's yeah, no disrespect to Boston. I just feel like this this will go seven to me. Um yeah, it could be a yeah. coin flip at the end.
0: Yeah, no, I I think I think there's that you you bring a great point, I think, with Spolstra. Like he's always been an X Factor. Uh I think Pat Riley, like he he called him like, yeah, like he knows what he's doing. Even when he had like LeBron and Dwayne Wade and everybody was giving crap to uh Spolstra about like like, yeah, anybody can be the greatest coach in the world when he got, you know, three all stars and everything, Uh, you know, when they had the, the big three there. So, but he's really shown his chops uh, with regards to coaching, I think. Um, So, he's definitely next factor. And then, yeah, you, you bring, you, you did mention Abadat, uh, uh, Bam. Uh, I can never pronounce his last name, but yeah, <laughs> Bam. Uh, just, just call an him All-Star. Bam. Yeah, just call him Bam. I mean, that's like an awesome <laughs> name in general. Uh, but, yeah, I think Bam is a really solid player. But I think for me, it's like they – if there's a team, if I were to pick a team that could compete against the Heat, like it would definitely just be Boston just in general. Like uh, has a big that can, you know, shoot outside like without Horford, shoot the three a little bit. Um, you know, has uh, some tough role players and then also uh, – uh some you know couple superstars that can you know get their buckets and and tatum and brown so like if there's a team uh in either eastern or western conference it would be a team kind of like basically the celtics um and that they can they're both uh just tough uh tough uh franchises toughly run franchises with tough players uh you know yeah they both have dogs basically they just have both you know Teams have both players that, you know, that you think about the Marcus smarts there, even the the Peyton Pritchard's right. It's like, uh you know, these guys are scrappy. Uh, so I, that's why I, I feel like in the trajectory of things, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm I'm going to cheer for the heat or not the heat. I will cheer for the heat because I love my Jimmy. But I, that's where I think the the Celtics uh, will go, and I, I I do believe Tatum does have a, a finals under his belt. He didn't win, but yeah, they they do have some experience. But uh, yeah, they ran into some injuries there. So yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the only other thing I was gonna add was just you know there is a lot more fight in this Celtics team than I than I've seen. Like when Giannis, you know, got a hard fall on Jalen Brown who's taking one to the hoop, and then. Kind of, Giannis was like touching his head or like kind of saying like, you yeah. know, didn't mean to hurt you or whatever like that. But it was kind of like in a you know, son, you know, father-son kind of way. Like Jalen Brown was like pushed back on it right away and was just That's like, I "Love, like yeah. this is game time. Like we're we're not we're not here to like you know ask grab with you guys. Like we're here to like seriously take you out." And uh, yeah, you know, by the end of the series, it seemed like you know Giannis passed the good words down to Tatum. But in a lot of ways, I think Dave, you know Jason and Jalen are like they're ready to go like they're not intimidated by any of these other teams or guys and stuff they're just playing at that
0: kind of level right now they are growing up uh in front of our eyes you know <laughs> I, I say that as like i think they're both fathers at least i know Tatum is a father and all that so it's like yeah they're both growing up in front of our eyes uh i mean it'll be awesome though if we see like Tatum uh and the Celtics like going against you know the Mavs somehow pull it off like we're going to see the next generation of nba talent basically like that would be amazing if that does happen uh but if i were to pick like one team more so i mean i already have like uh between the four teams uh yeah like i i feel a lot more strongly i think with the salt uh, the warriors i don't know what the odds are but i'm, I'm assuming they're per- probably heavily favored uh and then yeah this Celtics heat matchup is gonna be really good um but yeah uh i would imagine the heat are probably favored but yeah i'm gonna go with the younger uh more like oh hey we can make it we can do this type of team and in the in the Celtics here so yeah
1: yeah Pat Bev picked the Warriors too just for the record uh, oh <laughs> it just a yeah. little
0: bit tastes a little worse now it tastes a little yeah worse. I was just really <laughs>
1: hoping he would just like say the Mavs just like you know just, <laughs> just cement his like crappy day of analysis but um no in general I think that's like um you know, now if the Suns officially out is like the consensus pick, you know, because, you know, I saw all the potential in the world and the Suns going into this uh, whole system. And and I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to rehash what the Suns did or this or that, but like, yeah, I think it's fair to say like the Warriors, Suns, and then maybe like, you know, if Middleton didn't get hurt or, you know, I think, I think the East is kind of up for grabs. I feel like there's a couple guys at the top. And I think this matchup is a good one for the East. I think that's representative of, you know, the two best teams in this league you know, or the conference for this year. So, uh, yeah, I'll stick with the Warriors uh, throughout it all. I mean, I've always liked them. Um, you know, I've always called them the millennials because they're the team of this millennium. Like, seriously, like, they're the most fun, uh, you know, switchable type of team, you know, just kind of trendsetters, you know, bringing Durant for those years, was, you know, it was awful to watch basketball but in the same sense it was, you know, they they still were consistently just, you know, just a very smooth, well, you know, well-passing, well-coached team, good on the defensive end. It was just, you know, they've always been fun to watch.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I mean, if I'm going to pick a finals, if we're going to do that, it's, it's gotta be the Warriors. I think they'll take it this year. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen after the season, but you know, uh, I think it just goes to show like this is such a well-run organization You know, when I know back a couple of years, like when Clay was getting hurt, like a lot of people were saying, Oh, blow it up, you know, like trade, trade uh, Clay Thompson and all that. But they really stayed the course. Uh, You know, they drafted some young talent, molded them. Jordan Poole, holy cow. Like that was, that's amazing what they've been able to do with him. Uh, They don't even have Wiseman. Like, you know, (laughs) Uh, yeah, like he, he, they, I mean, there was definitely a lot of talk on Twitter of like, what if they drafted Lamelo? Like that would have been interesting. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, they, they definitely wanted that, that center, that defensive side, especially, you know, it's like, uh, there's only going to be so much ball to go around with regards to, uh, you know, Steph Curry and like, you know, Jordan Poole and then like Lamelo and then clay when he comes back, like, you know, then you're going to become like, you know, similar what the bulls are, but just like four, uh, like guards essentially. Right. It's like, all right, you can't really run a team like that. Um, So yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, it it is pretty sick that they have a third wall pick in like James Wiseman, right. To be like, or a second, right. um, That is like just chilling there on the bench. And it's like, yeah, we're still the best team in basketball, man. Yeah. Yeah,
1: They just, they just run so deep and it's like, they've got their their established core of veterans who are still playing at like all-star levels, but then it's like, you've got all this explosive like rookie sophomore junior year depth. And it's just like, And they're all turning into, you know, they could potentially be all-stars down the road and everybody forgets about Andrew Wiggins. It's like, we, you know, we'll always talk about their big three and this and that, and we'll talk about the young guys. And, you know, it's like Andrew Wiggins was an all-star and he's just like, you know, reaching his potential. And it's like, he's still young. He's surprisingly still young. Cause (laughs) it feels like Wiggins has been in the year for like 10, you know, being in the league for like 10 years at this point. But um, yeah, I just really like what they have assembled there. And yeah, I, I could see, you know, I see them winning it all.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Same here. So, uh, Drew Brees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy <Smooth cow>. transition. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just looking at like, I was like looking at the text that you remember you sent me. It's like, dude, we need to talk about TP3 and Pat Bev. And then was, let's talk about this Drew Brees thing and all that. Like, <laughs> is he coming back? Is he not? Like what's happening with him? What are you thinking, man?
1: <laughs> well, I think the first thing I thought about was like, if this is serious, if he's like really serious about this, like did him and Sean Payton ever have beef? Like, that's the first thing that that I think about. And I don't know why, but I'm just like, you know, I always thought, I always consider them like father son or like, you know, mentor mentee type relationship. They seem to like each other a lot. So I don't really want to go there with it, but I would just say like, number one, if it is true, like let's just say it is true, and he's like really contemplating it, um, this is a different situation than Tom Brady because you know, Breeze has been out for a full year now. Um, but I don't care who you are, I, I just feel like you take a year away from the game and you're his age. Um, you know, the talent was already kind of like just slowly creeping down, like trending downward. It was like he was, you know, instead of throwing, um, you know uh 30 foot 40 foot you know yeah i guess 30 to 40 yard passes is more like dink and dunk to kamara and to michael thomas and stuff like he kind of got this vibe like is his arm gonna stay on his shoulder and stuff like because right. he he really like turned into a very quick strike type passer at the end of his career and um you know what they're assembling out there is fun though it's like they're they're bringing in you know Honey badger they you know just signed jarvis landry the other day and you went out and made a splash at the draft for Olave and they got Michael Thomas coming back. You got Kamara. It's like, there's a lot to like about that situation. And I'm sure breeze is like a little bit stir crazy. Like Tom Brady was for that, you know, that one week. But um, yeah, I just think, uh, yeah, if it's true that it's like, if even if he comes back, will it really matter? Or like, will it make the difference that, you know, us analysts or, you know, fans or, people who like to critique, like, would like to think, like, this is the Super Bowl, you know, solution for the Saints. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't have Pat Beverly's opinion on this, no. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I think that's interesting. It's like, so I was thinking also, similar to Tom Brady, right? And this is something that people just don't understand, I I, I think. It's like, your, your average person, right, uh, doesn't think about things like, like a Tom Brady or Drew Brees, simply put. It's like, dude, you have millions, you have a family and all that. Just sit back, relax, you know, don't do anything and all that. It's like, no, you don't get to where they are by sitting back and relaxing. You're literally working 24-7. Like when you're sleeping, you're working because you need to sleep and (laughs) rejuvenate so you can, you know, get hit by 300-pound linemen and stuff like that. So you're always on. And it's it's I don't say it's impossible, because obviously people retire and all that in, in the NFL, whether they're kind of forced to or nudged at the door or they're like, yeah, it's it's my time now. Uh, but you always you're always on always, no matter what, you always have to be doing something. You you, you don't just turn it off, uh, especially if you're not like 80 years old, which I, at this rate, I feel like Tom Brady is going to be playing until he's 80. <laughs> But until like, yeah, your brain's like, oh, it's mush and I, I can't do things anymore, uh, or my body's like that, then it's like I'm gonna keep playing because that's all I know in my life, that's what I breathe, and that's what Tom Brady and uh it seems like True Breeze 2 is all about that. It's like this is my life, I don't want to do anything else, I don't wanna play with my kids. Oh you know, I got other things to do. So, you know, that's 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 my initial thought there. Um my second thought is. Yeah, why I I think I mean, I think Tom Brady right now was just simply better than Drew Brees overall, like in Drew Brees' last season. Uh, So it's like, okay, it was definitely the evidence, like the evidence was on the wall there. I don't, to your point, I do not know how much he has left. Uh, Granted, he was battling injuries, maybe he's a lot healthier now. And he was like, oh, I threw a ball a quarter of a mile over the, you know, that my white picket fence or whatever uh maybe i could you know throw to olave and to you know uh, uh thomas and to uh, kamara and all that right so uh yeah you know they the saints are looking a lot better uh probably because they're like hey we gotta think we gotta we gotta surround uh was it winston right uh with uh, actual players now so let's go ahead and do that uh so maybe that's uh drewby's thinking and he got kind of sick i mean i was reading comments on twitter they were like He was he wasn't that he wasn't that great of a comment as an analyst or whatever. He wasn't Tony Romo, so it's like you know you want to be mediocre at this when you know maybe you're going to compete at that high level uh, again as a quarterback. So maybe that's what he's hoping and is trying to figure out. I think right now,
1: got it. Yeah, maybe slightly. The only other thing I would maybe bring out is like the the records, uh, the passing record thing with like him and Tom, or like maybe it's passing touchdowns or something, but like they were constantly kind of like seesawing each other, like year in, year out. So maybe Drew's just like, yeah, it's one other thing I could go for. Like, you know, maybe if there's a Brady injury or he's out a couple of games or, you know, maybe if I can string together two seasons from my return, like Good. I can maybe edge him back in that record or something, just something to kind of drive him. But uh, but uh yeah, I think a lot of it, I mean, I think um, the head coach, Bruce Allen maybe said, "Uh, you know, I think he made those comments in jest, like he was just joking or, he was just weighing all of his options. Like you just saying, I could go back to color commentary. I could go quarterback, you know, I could uh, watch my kids games, this or that, but it's like, yeah, to really like seriously try to, try to think about the reality of like him coming back. I just, I think I don't want to say it, but like, I really do think the saints might be better off about him. Like yeah. they might be better off with a Winston Hill combo and, you know, see what you got for one more season. And then just hope that maybe you can get like a, a Lamar, or maybe you can get, you know, I don't know who else is coming free this next uh, off season, but maybe there's another quarterback out there that's looking for a home that you know might be that nice uh, next fit, like a Brian Tannehill or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, you bring up good points. I think, uh, you know, I do agree. If, if if I were to compare, you know, uh, the the situations between, yeah, like a Tom Brady and Drew Brees, it's like it's pretty evident that uh, Tom Brady still has something to offer uh you know that i mean kyle trask like we haven't seen him play and uh he's just not at the same level uh i don't think he'd be at the same level as like a drew Brees or a tom brady uh you know year, year two right or year three whatever he's at now so uh and then yeah winston he he played pretty well you know I, I, when he got his chances in these previous couple of years so it's like he's developed more uh uh as an as an nfl quarterback so um you know, I think his marker is like, as long as they don't th- throw 30 interceptions, I'll be, I'm like, okay, I'm doing, I'm better than what I what was previously. So, you know, and he's got great weapons. Uh, they, they have a system in place. So, you know, he's set up for success as well as he can be really anywhere. So, you know, he's got, he's got talent. Like, uh, you know, I think people forget when he was at Tampa, like he did throw some TDs and like had like one of the best uh, rookie seasons of any quarterback ever. So, you know uh he just there was just a you know hit a uh kind of a a snafu basically just on his career overall but you know that happens and sometimes you need that change of scenery you know he's worked with drew Brees, worked with sean payton and now you know has a bunch of talent around them so yeah i think he's gonna be set up for success it's just you know it may not be like tom brady and tampa bay success just his own type of uh success hopefully but yeah i think the saints if i'm if i'm a saints fan i'm like you know what unless tom brady all of a sudden posts like something on instagram or whatever being like throwing footballs like uh you know uh like super lasers or whatever like okay maybe i'll, I'll get excited about that but i uh, don't i from what we saw in, in this last his last season i was like yeah i don't think he had anything left in the tank so yeah
1: yeah that that that's basically i i, I hope that drew Brees uh just makes a sensible choice of just kind of kind of Going back to yeah. color commentary, same back at home or something like that. I, just, I don't want to see him get run out there earlier and just be kind of like a, a shell of his former self either. I don't want yeah. you know. I would hate to see him like re- be relegated to like backup status or something like that because you know Ben Roethlisberger's last season here was just like pretty sloppy. I mean, like luckily they made a you know got to the playoffs and it allowed him to go out with some sort of dignity. But I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall for a couple of seasons here. Where it's just like. Man, is it another year of Big Ben? If I was a Steelers fan, I'd just be like, man, it's like, I, I appreciate everything you did for us. Like, same with like Joe Fal- uh, Flacco, who was like, man, we we're so happy you got us that ring, but like, we yeah. can't wait to get you out of here. <laughs> like, I don't know what it's going to take, but like, we're just waiting for you to make that decision to leave because we don't want to, you know, upset our fan base.
0: Yeah. Or remember what, Peyton Manning, too? Uh, like, he, <laughs> like, like, people say, like, oh, he, you know, Peyton Manning, like, multiple Super Bowl winner and all that. Uh, and it was like, wait, wasn't it like his last, the last time he went, he won that Super Bowl? Was like, was it the defense that more so won, or, or I think it was like, <laughs> yeah, like I think he like threw, he threw, he had a pretty bad game. So it was like, it wasn't really him. It was the defense that won that. He just was there at quarterback. He didn't really do much, but you know, uh, yeah, like you, you, you don't want, you don't want that uh, like Muhammad Ali moments, right? Where you just see this person that you saw all this glory, he, he had it all. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like he's hit this wall, and yeah, he, he just doesn't have it anymore at all. You definitely don't want that for someone like Drew Brees, who you know, pretty much has been a Santa person, a Santa professional overall. So you you want that, you want that, you want the best for him overall. Uh, maybe not for like a Pat Beverly, not to keep great <laughs> Pat Beverly <laughs> into all this, but man, um, yeah, you you don't want to you don't want to see him kind of go go that way. You want to see him like, you know, either yeah, win that Super Bowl and just just head out. Uh, or, you know, go on as favorable terms as possible, Uh, go out some class and dignity. So, you know, and I I think he did it as best as he could have, uh, you know, when he did. So I would, if I were him, but I'm not him, I would probably be like, all right, yeah, I call it a career. don't want to be too wishy-washy on this. Maybe just become a better analyst. I don't know. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, at this point in his life, he can make his own decisions and uh, yeah, hopefully he's not, uh, you know, telling everybody to back the blue and salute the flag, uh, anymore. And like <laughs> up, <laughs> his former
0: teammates or something like that. But, yeah, uh, shut up a dribble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like
1: yeah basically. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think Drew Brees is, is, is pretty much a class act. I mean, he's had, you know, a couple of mistakes, I think on camera, where he probably regrets for, you know, probably regret for the rest of his life. Uh, <laughs> and how yeah. he got kind of, uh, called out by some teammates, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, for one, but, um, yeah, overall, uh, yeah, I saw that news. I'm really hoping it's just a joke, because I just don't want to see him set up for failure like that, and uh, that's all I'll really say about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Stand-up guy overall. So, yeah, the antithesis of a Pat Beverly. Let's make it full circle and about all that. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, I think we're done here, then. It's, uh, yeah, Sounds so- good, man.
1: We can make it a wrap. I thought, uh, you know, just to get that yeah. off my chest, I feel like we covered it pretty well. Um,
0: yeah. I always want to talk more shit about Ben Simmons. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: got anything, anything for Ben just, you know, this exact yeah. day. I think, that, I think that Beverly did say, though, Beverly did say that more of the hate that goes towards Ben Simmons needs to go towards CB3. I think he said that. Check it on Google. Yeah. But uh, I won't elaborate on Ben Simmons. I just thought... Yeah, overall, um just don't just if you're not as good as somebody at something, don't don't nitpick somebody who's senior to you that's you know in the same industry as you who you know has schooled you uh in all things basketball on you know record and on the court like just just be better. I don't know. That's all I, like just 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 think a little bit before you go out there and just try to
0: like assassinate somebody's career and character and stuff it was just it
1: was just so out of place
0: yeah no for sure yeah all right well that's that's a good learning i think (laughs) for for people the citizens of the world and all that yeah don't 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 be shit talking people that are like yeah better than you i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good way to end it let's uh, let's cut it there yeah let's cut it there all right all right well take care all thank you all